This week on Kettle of Fish, actor and professional wrestler Scott Levy stops by to talk about the Raven Effect. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, guys. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Kettle of Fish, the fun new politics laughter show where we chat with actors, comedians, artists, scientists, musicians, magicians, wrestlers, and models about life, love, and the creative process, and maybe a little bit of politics. I'm a political animal. I can't ever get away from politics. Anyways, I am your seafaring podcasting captain of the airwaves, Nick the Saucy One, Catsaurus. Broadcasting to you live, as always, from Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my beautiful, lovely diva producer, Miss D, <laughs> the producer. I like that. I'm a diva now. The, the good diva. I didn't write a separate intro for you today. Oh, well, yeah. Not not the bad diva, the good diva. Because, you know, some divas are just like, shh, no. Well, Raven on his show does a great intro, and I was like, oh, man, like, I've been, like, this intro pales compared to Raven's podcast intro, so now I'm just going to kind of jump right in. It really does. I have to be honest, it really does. Oh, you haven't introduced me yet, (laughs) Who is that the voice of? Actually, we can get you in here now. Um, We've got some shows coming up. Check our website. We've got Sean Whalen and Rebecca coming on, Rebecca Kennedy coming on Wednesday, and Alex White on our music show from White Mystery. And we've got our co-host here today from Don't Worry About the Government, Mr. Chris Novenbrino. Chris, what is up? Hey, how is it going, Nick? Thank you so much for having me. I'm also on VoicesOfWrestling.com, and my homepage is DontWorry.tv. I'm just really excited to be talking to the man himself today. And who is the man? Wait, 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 wait. I know I I haven't been introduced yet, but wait a minute. That is the fakest radio voice I ever heard. No, that's his real voice. That's actually my voice. Seriously. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah, he's got a good voice. Yeah, this is is how I talk. You could have a... You should get, actually have a job that pays you to be a uh, host or a podcast host or a radio right. voice or something. Yeah. I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. Yeah, right. I talked to him on the phone, and I feel like I'm being interviewed because he has such a great, pristine <laughs> radio voice. Oh, I also have to take a, I take umbrage at the fact that you said, introduce me as Scott Levy, who has a podcast. Nobody knows me as Scott Levy. Everybody knows me by my regular name, my professional wrestling name, which is, introduce me now. It is Hardcore Champ, 27 times Raven. One of my all-time favorite wrestlers, by the way. 39 times Champ. They kept screwing it up in the book, and I called Howard Finkel and told him. But uh, he said that they don't care. (laughs) Well, you know, Raven, I want to thank you for calling in. I know I've been a royal freaking pain in your ass for the last year, bugging you like a dumb fanboy. No, no, actually, actually you haven't. You've been really gracious because... I kept blowing you off, and I said, someday, and I kept blowing it off, and instead of harassing me, you waited about three months, checked in, um, and then you waited another three months and checked in, and any, and that's why I agreed to do it, to be honest, because, uh, hold on, I'm out of breath, I'm doing cardio. <laughs> anyway, um, but that's why I agreed to do it, because you didn't harass me. If you would have harassed me, I never would have agreed to do it, but you seem like such a nice guy, and you were so patient that I'm like, oh, I got to tell I got to do the podcast all part of my diabolical plan i told you d i said um i'm, I'm gonna win you know, him over with my you know, wily charms you know, the, you know the diabolical bismarcky no i don't know him can you hook me up with him no i just thought because you have your diabolical plans he'd probably be interested in them maybe he is and i'm just not letting it go on air 
Could be. Where are you broadcasting from? Meth Mountain, Tennessee. Yeah, I don't think he's really a Tennessee guy. We're no, not, he's not like at all. A, he's like more of an L.A., New York guy. Yep, absolutely. And so let's do this, Raven. Let me tell you how you came on my radar. I'm going to give you a fanboy story here. Radar I... is a palindrome. I'm going to just keep harassing the. I'm going to harass the podcast instead. I like right, man of plan Panama. Also a uh, palindrome. Yeah, there's actually longer sentences, believe it or not. Palindromes are ridiculous. Ooh, like there's a Satan Oscillate My Metallic Sonatas, which was a Soundgarden EP oh that they God. released around the same time as Bad Motorfinger. Oh, uh, and now we have to say sorry Touché. about Chris Cornell passing away or killing himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was dark. He was like one of my favorite musicians. Bla- lost a, a lot range. of great what musicians. What a voice ring. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? He could do everything. Like, you listen to the early Soundgarden material, and he is just sky high. But even on those later releases, when he starts singing lower, like, he had such comfort in any of those ranges. And then even late in his career, he could still hit all those high notes, mostly. Yeah, it, it's a shame. Originally, he got diagnosed as grunge, which I think I think prevented him from being recognized as great a singer as he is until years later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think that's no, that's definitely right. Um, I think Soundgarden, <laughs> Soundgarden kind of gets pigeonholed, right? Like, like they're they're a grunge band because of where they're from geographically, but what they were doing musically was so much more um, complicated and sophisticated and oh, kind of it interesting. Was, it, was, it was so sonically interesting, and his, and you know who else is, uh, was amazing. That came out around that time, believe it or not, was Gwen Stefani with uh, No Doubt. But no Doubt, the, yeah. The, oh, the yeah. Vocal, the vocal gymnastics she could do, absolutely amazing. Stefani is, yeah, she is awesome. All right, do you guys want to talk a little bit of wrestling? I know you probably get bombarded, like you said earlier, with the same questions all the time. So I'll try to keep it somewhat fresh for you. All right, well, let me just say that uh, um, the main thing is I don't really wrestle anymore just to cut to the chase. I, I have maybe one match, two matches a year, and they're usually tag matches because I'm too beat up. But uh, so mostly I just uh, sleep on the couch, watch TV, I'm a couch potato, and I have a podcast that uh, that we'll have to plug at some point, but we don't have to plug it now. But uh, yeah, but I don't follow current wrestling either. So just to give you a heads up. Well, that's cool. I don't even really want to talk about current wrestling because it's gotten ridiculous to me. I haven't watched wrestling in years. But the thing I did want to kind of talk to you about, because I always felt connected to Raven as a character. And so I kind of wanted to ask you, when you're building that character out, just in your mind, are you building a character and saying, look, I'm trying to build a product that's going to find an audience? Or do you not give a shit about any of that? And you're like, I'm just going to amplify like the darkest or more complex parts of my character and make this amalgamation with whatever's current in the local culture or the national culture and cobble that all together and make this character. How much of this are you balancing of I've got to find an audience and get this character over? And how much of it is I have to stay true to who I am and make a character off the building blocks of who I am? for me to be comfortable in that skin? That's actually a fantastic question, but we're probably out of time now. It took so long to ask. I knew you could keep up with me, so go ahead. Anyway, I thought I'd get a pop from the student peanut gallery, but uh, apparently not. (laughs) Well, I'm Uh, trying really hard to stay on mute and not laugh my ass off over the whole show. (laughs) No, but but actually, can I tell you, it's better if you laugh, because otherwise anything that's supposed to be funny lands with a thud unless people laugh. That's true. Well, I'm yes. dead inside. Sell for the man. Raven. Sell for the man. <laughs> I don't it's laugh always, out loud. It's always, better, it's always better to laugh. In fact, to me, when I'm listening to a podcast or anything, when people are like, even when you're watching um, 
a show on TV, like as a talk show, and then you hear people like chuckle from the side wings or something, it's always more intriguing because if the people there pop who are used to listening to it all the time, then it's twice as funny to the audience. And you feel like you're getting a big glimpse of backstage or breaking the fourth wall, so to speak. CD, you, you need to be my Ed McMahon. Yeah. Um, once I get started, man, I don't know. Really? What do you, what do you look like? Oh. <laughs> is that sexist? No, not at all. D is very sexy. Really? And we're in Tennessee? <laughs> in my bowels. <laughs> the bowels of hell oh, in Tennessee, I'm telling you. Are you guys Are you guys a couple? Yeah. For the last eight years. Yep. Oh, congratulations. We're going to marry her already. Uh, uh, so, all right. So we're going to go totally Ooh, The interview has turned a corner. Wait, wait, wait. I, I want to hear know, more about this. Raven's on to something. Raven's going to want to hear this. Let me answer my question, and then you're going to want to hear my marriage story. But go ahead, answer the question. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather hear the marriage story, but I mean, if because uh, that's new to me. But if you want to hear the wrestling question, I'll, I'll answer that first. It's your choice. All right. Well, let me tell you the marriage story real quick to get you in the frame of mind. I married, uh, I waited until I was in my 30s to get married. Played the safest bets you could ever play. Married a girl I knew for 20 years. Knew her family. We moved in first. And that marriage just crashed and burned in like three months. So I was turned off. Now, wait, now, wait. Did you, was that because you guys were like each other's first? First, like sexually? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, far, 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 far. Oh, that. well, you said you knew her for 20 years, so I mean. So but I, I had know. never been in a relationship with her before we had gotten oh. together. 2003, I think this was. How long oh, was it okay. between when you guys started dating and you actually got married? Because falling apart in three months seems really fast. Right. We were together a good year and a half. But here's the thing. After we broke up, I said, you know what? I met a girl online, um, this fabulous singer of this band. Totally sexy. We went out to, uh, to this bar one night. I'd only known her 24 hours. Everybody would like, she was very, very well known in the area. And the next day, we were standing outside of a comic book store. And her name was Paisley. She was a hippie girl. Never trust a fucking hippie. And she was like, <laughs> Wait, hey. did you wear, wear patchouli? Yeah, actually, she did. Oh, yeah, that gets, that gets tired real fast. It's yeah. like girls with dreadlocks. It stinks after three days. Yeah, dreadlocks, it's too. Later. Even that, it's the patchouli, the perfume. Oh, it's, it's not even a perfume. It's more like, I guess it's toilet water, but it smells like it came out of the toilet. Well, at this time, though, at the time that I knew her, she wasn't wearing it. But she was in that culture and had wear it, worn it at times. But here's the point. We were standing in front of a comic book store, and she was like, hey, you know we're going to end up married. And I said, yeah, probably, because it was like just the Poseidon adventure, like, bam, fireworks. And I said, yeah. So we li- like she was like, well, let's get married today. And I did this George Costanza thing in my head where I was like, if I did everything right with my first wife, doing the exact opposite has to work better. And six days later, she left me to go live with the Hopi Indians in New Mexico. And I had to file abandonment charges. Yeah. So that's why I won't marry Dee, because my second marriage lasted six fucking days. And she took off, and I had to file abandonment charges. And then I didn't see her again until like four years later. She was on the side of the highway, and I was taking my daughter to ice skating. And I pulled up on this exit, and there was a girl standing out there with dreadlocks. She didn't have dreads when I was with her. And a dog, and it said, traveling need money. And I was like, she's kind of cute. I'll stop and give her a dollar. And I got forced through because of the traffic. I couldn't stop. But it was my ex-wife, and she was standing on the side of the highway bumming money. Okay, so that's why you know me what? and D aren't married. And, and that's, but that has nothing to do with D. 
Oh. Yeah, that, there's no causal chain there. <laughs> yeah, there's no exactly no causal chain. You can't um, you can't go by your past failures because let's face it, every relationship ends up in failure. Ninety nine percent of relationships end up in failure. Only one percent is the one that works because that you know, can only stay with one person. So hang on, I'm out of breath. Hang on. No, I think what he's getting at is that everyone's batting average, if this is like baseball, is something under 100 because you, you end up dating a bunch of people throughout your life, as I have, and, and a lot of them don't work out. Date, but Even if you only date five people and you end up with the fifth one, your batting average is still 200%, and that's if you only dated five people in your whole life. If you wow. dated 10 people, it's 100%. If you date it, you know, out of a thousand percent. All right, so let's dated, do this. So wait, right? or ten percent, really? But if you dated, if you've dated a hundred people, right? And uh, if you've been slept with, dated, got a hand job, blown, whatever, by a hundred <laughs> people, right? So they all, none of those lasted, and then you finally find one that has lasted. Right now, your average is, is like one percent. So that's a pretty good average. Well, I'll make a deal with you then. If you go online and get your license to marry us, me and Dee will Come drive on. out to Atlanta and let you marry us. I already have a license to marry people. Right. Oh, my <laughs> God. Dude, you better go get married by Raven. Are oh you kidding God. me? Like, you, first of all, you just wrote a, a check that your ass better cash. But, two, like, dude, you're getting an opportunity to get married by Raven? He hasn't agreed to it. Yeah, well, yeah, I got to charge you. I'll charge you. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll definitely do it. Oh, my God. All right. Well, there you go. D, would you like to get married with Raven? I'll have to um, have <laughs> yeah, Raven officiate it. Yeah. <laughs> get on one knee. Propose properly. Yeah. Yeah. Say, I'll have to propose the correct way at a later time, but we'll keep you guys updated. And you know me, Nova Brina. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Well, you got to do it. Now that is true. Now, I, I will say this. D, are you up for it? I, as long as I can fit it into my schedule, meaning um, we're already planning to go out to Atlanta at what? At the end of September, isn't it? Is that when it is? It's the end of September or um, early November. It's a con that's going on no, out there. No, not for that. That's where auditions are. Oh, yeah, for America's Got Talent. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would be the perfect. So, oh, wait, wait. What are you auditioning for? I sing. So Really? Yeah. Let's hear something. No, no. No. Come on. <laughs> it, it it gets too loud. It really would come over the stuff like weird. But um I do have to do a video and if I get it done in the next few weeks I'll post it so everybody can see it. I'll I'll, you I'll should, make uh, sing back up on my rap song. I could do it. Yeah. Is it as good as Macho Man's rap album? <laughs> that no, was I actually pretty... did a rap song, but yeah, yeah, it's it's, an, it's on an episode I did on my podcast. We talked about it, but long story short, um, I wrote a one day I was uh, just being creative and wrote a rap song, and I'm good friends with the uh, insane clown posse, so I'm like, hey, Joe, why don't you record this? It's like, yeah, we don't record other people's stuff, but man, that's awesome. Why don't you record it? I go, I can't sing, and he goes, um, well, look, why don't I fly you up to Detroit, up to my house, got a studio in my house, we'll record it anyway. And uh, we'll see how it goes. So I flew up, stayed a couple nights, recorded it, knocked it out in a couple hours. And uh, and as I said, I couldn't sing, so I had to have his wife do the uh, harmonies and the backup, but uh, the chorus. But uh, it's a pretty interesting song. It's actually not crappy. And um, but I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying it's not crappy. No, <laughs> Holy shit! When's that get released? Never. No, I just did it for fun. And then um, and will uh, you perform I it at our wedding? <laughs> uh, if I can remember the word, sure. 
If, yeah, we work this out wedding golf, sounds awesome. <laughs> Are you coming out for Nova Brino? If we do this, hell we yeah! Okay, R- Raven's gonna be doing oh the ceremony God. and then doing a rap performance later. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> well, he's he's gonna have to sing the chorus then, because I can't sing the chorus. What have I got? Oh. This song's into? called "Burning Hell." Burning Hell. Dude, I can't carry the tune for the Burning Hell part, but uh, I can't remember the words either. Something about um. Oh man, I can't remember. I. It's not that I'm plugging my podcast again, but. Uh, on the Raven Effect podcast, uh, one of the episodes I sing it, or I don't sing it, I play it, um, the recording of it. But uh, yeah, I'll, if we work out a dollar figure and you guys are seriously about getting married, uh, yeah, I think we are. Well, I got to tell you too, just it. just to pivot to the podcast because I had talked to you a year ago and initially invited you out. I heard you on Jericho's podcast, and I was like, hey, I really want to get you on. Um, next to Roddy Piper, you're probably my all-time favorite wrestler. And you were like, I don't like doing podcasts and blah, blah, blah. And then I ran across your podcast as we were talking. And I was like, why did this guy not want to come on a podcast? He is fucking incredible on air. You're so well, engaging. Here's why. Here's why. Um, because if you go in, if you have nothing to plug and you just do people's podcasts or radio shows, you just kill your mystique. You know, there's a certain mystique to Raven as there is all professional athletes or professional actors or professional, you know, entertainers. There's a certain mystique. And even though I, I hear, I see guys, the same guys over and over doing radio shows and podcasts. And to me, not that I listen to them, but just seeing them do it, you just feel like, um, you just feel like it takes chips away unless you're doing your own broadcast. Because then it's different. Then you're presenting a whole different thing. But Yeah, but you're a totally so- different animal. You're so engaging. I mean, look where this podcast has gone. It's completely off the rails and we love it. So, I mean, right. you should definitely but get out there more. Is, yes. But, but if I did this on everybody's podcast, it wouldn't be so interesting. Now, that's when you true. tune into mine, that's what you're exactly tuning in for. But if you're listening to other people's, I may be a flavor you're interested. I may not be. And they have a certain preconception of me. And why why alter it unless you have something legitimate to plug? Yeah, and that I makes really sense. I really never have anything to plug because in these shows, it's not going to do any. I mean... You know, if you have 10,000 listeners, let's say, and they're scattered around the country, it's not going to help any if I plug an indie show because maybe one person lives in that town. So right, it's really not right. worth it to me to plug them, and I'd rather save up all my malarkey for my show. Yeah, makes to be sense. honest, if I'm at home, I'm not a phone person. Like, I'm a texter. I like to text. I'm not an email person. If I'm at home, I want to watch TV. I'm addicted to television, which is better than what, being What are you addicted to, to these show. days? Like, what shows do what you that? watch? What shows are you um, watching? 12 Monkeys, Orchid Black. Yep, 12 Monkeys. Or you listen to the podcast. 12 Monkeys, oh, yeah. Orchid Black. Orphan Black, I mean, uh, Doctor Who just ended. Um, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, what else? Um, uh, ancient Aliens. Mm. Anything to do with aliens. Um, what else? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm watching the Ion channel at 1 a.m. has uh, reruns of Psych. I used to love oh, that I show. I love that so. show. <laughs> So I used to love that show. It was the best. Yeah. Uh, and it's been long enough that I forgot, the, you know, every plot. So lately, so I've set my DVR to record the 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock episodes of it. And uh, I've been watching that. Actually, there's not a lot of good TV right now on. Um, we're kind of between seasons. There's a show coming up that starts in a week or two, though, that looks pretty interesting, called Hootin' and the Lady. Stupidest title ever. Hmm. But uh, Yeah. Check out The Mist. Watching... What's oh, that? Yeah. Check out The Mist by Stephen King. They turned the um, Stephen King movie right. into a TV show. Yeah, it's pretty alright. Yeah, I was, oh, okay. I'm not a, big, not a big Stephen King fan. Ugh. But, uh, oh, Supernatural I watch religiously. 
Um, what else? Um, I got so many shows, it's hard to remember them. Oh, Blacklist. Love the Blacklist. Mm. I watch The Daily Show every day. I, I watch a ton of shit. I just started to watch The Gong Show, but I'm not that impressed because... Yeah. No, it's horrible. Chuck Barris. No. Chuck Barris is kind of charmingly grating, um, but the, it, the episodes are very variable in quality, as you might expect with a variety show. Yeah, oh, I the love the old Gong, Gong show, show. The original Gong the Show original was great. Gong Chuck Barris was yeah. awesome. Yeah, but that new one's just kind of terrible. Oh, I, I watched two yeah, new no, one. I agree. Oh, God. I, there's a new one? Yeah, it's got Mike Myers as the, like, host guy, but he doesn't look like Mike Myers. Yeah, it's, it's this terrible. Is, this is how I can answer your wrestling character question, using Mike Myers as an analogy. Okay, Mike Myers created that character that he plays, Mike Maitland or whatever his name is, to use to be, so A, he wouldn't put himself out there, I guess. B, he likes playing characters, but C, he did what he wanted, not what he thinks the audience wanted. Because um, it's not fun. I mean, he has some amusing lines, but unless he's just trying to go so far away from Chuck Barris, but why? I mean, nobody remembers the old Don show, you know, because it's been, it's, it was 1980. That's, um, uh, what, 30... Uh, Five. They also tried to bring Match Game back, seven. too. Yeah, the Match Game's doing well, though, in the ratings, I think. Is it? Because it's a good show, because Alex Baldwin isn't trying to reinvent it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Then they tried to reinvent the Gong Show. But anyways, how it relates to wrestling is, when I like your question, when I created the Raven character, um, I knew I needed to, I just went over this, uh, seriously, on like the last episode of my podcast. Yeah, it's actually called, the episode's titled, How Raven Created Raven. Nice. So for a more in-depth version of it, you can listen to the Raven Effect podcast on the Jericho Network on Podcast One. I'll finally plug it. Um, yes. And subscribe or uh, subscribe and leave five-star compliments because that's how we get better ratings and rankings and all that. Now, the way it ties in is Mike Myers created a character that he liked. I don't think he was necessarily – I think he thinks what he likes, everybody likes. But he's become more and more isolated. And I think he lives in a bubble probably. He hasn't been – he hasn't done anything in 10 years, probably, besides this, right? Yeah, yeah, and the Love Guru was a big flop, so he made yeah. Austin Powers. That was a good character, but the Austin Powers franchise kind of got a little more stale and out of touch, and then the Love Guru was a bomb. Right. This is like the poor man's Austin Powers. Like, it, it's just, I think he's doing what he wants as opposed to also thinking about what the audience wants. And I wanted to do what I wanted. I wanted to be a chicken shit heel, but nobody was buying it, so... DDP, who is a good friend, who is a good friend of mine, even better back then. We were really close back then. He said I should become something dark and be a tough guy. And I'm like, I don't want to be a tough guy. I'm like, I'm a pretty tough guy, like in the real world. I mean, I definitely consider myself. But in the wrestling world, forget it. There's a million guys tougher than me. But he's like, no, nobody's hiring chicken shit heels at the time, which is stupid because it's a good, they're great characters. But it's not like the old days where you could be a chicken shit heel. And that's what I'd always been. Um, because it's intriguing and it's easy to get heat and right. it's fun to play. It's fun to play. But when he said that I have to be a tough guy, I said, all right. And then, um, he suggested, he said, you know, you've grown your hair all out. You're tattooed up. You wear leather jackets, Doc Martens. You ought to be, uh, just use that to, um, go alternative like the chili peppers in point break. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And then I just started thinking about it and I was like, all right, so I'm going to do the dark. And I already listened to that kind of music. I had those kind of sensibilities. I'd always been a misfit. I'd never really fit in. You know, every, what, all my life, I tried to fit in, and did, and yet I did everything in my power not to fit in. No, you know, I get that. Really a, yeah, it's a really weird juxtaposition. 
or a weird dichotomy, I guess is a better uh, explanation. But anyway, so, but at first, I didn't realize how much I was going to put myself into it. Paulie saw it right away. Like, he thought it was going to be some comedy character, like a comedy grunge character. And when he saw that it wasn't, he identified with it for some reason. All bookers have a character that they see the world through, through, the, through their eyes. And uh, that's why Dusty pushed PN News to the, to the moon, even though he couldn't get him over. Because PN News rap, big chubby guy, you know, he had Dusty sensibilities. Um, right. You know, huh. Vince sees himself, McMahon sees himself as a cross between, man, I'm out of breath. Yeah, you should never do cardio while doing somebody's podcast. But, oh well, almost <laughs> cardio. Anyway. But he but sees himself as Hogan. And he kind of sees himself no, in no. the 90s. So, no, no. No, he, I mean, he does, but he really sees himself as the million-dollar man and Lex Luger, the American hero. Those are yeah. the two people whose eyes he saw himself through. Huh. I mean, of course, he saw himself through Hogan in the early days, but, you know, once that fell apart, he saw the world as the million... Because he, he knows he's an evil bastard. That's why he's the million-dollar man. But he also considers himself a patriot and a, and a muscle guy. So that's why he's Lex Luger the Patriot. And those were the characters that, if you notice, always got pushed, always got taken care of. But that's how he saw the world. And Paulie saw the world through Dreamer's eyes and my eyes. And, uh, and he kind of caught my character. He knew where it was going before I did. But once I started doing, um, to put myself into the character and my fears and foibles and dreams and hate, all of a sudden, then the character really came to life. I mean, it, that's what made it three-dimensional. Um, it still would have been a great character if I didn't, I think. But um, but by adding myself into it and making it more about me, that's what really people caught on to. And here's the thing. People know when you're being phony on TV. They know when you're being fake. I mean, obviously, you know, when wrestlers are being heels, they generally don't think they're jerks in real life. Um, although sometimes they do, and usually they're pretty right about it because somehow that slips through. One of the greatest, I'd say the greatest compliments I've ever gotten were people would come up to my friends or other wrestlers and go, is Raven really that big a dick? Like they, <laughs> they could not separate reality from fiction. And that meant I was doing my job. Absolutely. And yes, I was that big a dick. I was that big a dick. I didn't mean to be, but I was uh, in many ways. But by, by putting myself out there, it's it like The Rock says, you know, you're, you're the best characters you uh, magnified 100%. Or ten percent, or fifty percent. Yeah, that's saying something. But that was also, as if you listen to my podcast, you see how goofy I am. That also applied to you know being Scotty Flamingo or Johnny Polo. It was still a part of me, but the deep inner, um, the deep inner parts, the tortured parts, the tortured poetic, the tortured poetic soul of the character was also the soul of Scott Levy. And that's why I think it really stuck because it was more than just, because it wasn't just about, it wasn't about grunge at all. I mean, I yeah, obviously. As far as the outfit. But if I wore the outfit today and came out, it would be the same thing. That just happened to be a popular look at the time. But the concept of the misfit, the, um, the, ang- the, the aggrieved misfit. The, yeah, it's kind of, um, it's, it's playing off of like the way you kind of felt as Scotty Flamingo coming out of like GWF and coming into WCW and not finding a place for that chicken shit heel character. It's like, what about you know, uh, Scotty Flamingo? Yeah, what about no, Raven? But, no, it's more about Scott Levy as a kid. And, you know, because everything we are is developed from zero to five years old. That's why we end up marrying somebody who's a combination of our parents. That's why, I mean, that's why if your parents are religious, you become religious, even if they later, you know, don't are less religious. If your parents don't treat you that way, you don't get a religious identity. Um, 
everything occurs between zero to five when you're just when you're a sponge and you take everything in. And the unloved, un not that my parents were bad parents, they were you know really good parents, and they did the best they could. But I just needed extra attention, and my sister got it instead of me because she had emotional issues. And I put up a wall and acted like I didn't need it when I was in more desperate need of extra attention than she was. Well, like, for me, though, it's about connection. And I can, I'm from East Pittsburgh, so I'm from a pretty, like, rough-and-tumble type neighborhood. I used to carry a butterfly knife to walk to school. My friend got jumped and had a cinder block dropped on his face and had to get reconstructive surgery. So I always related to your character, and I knew there was a part of you that was that. Roddy's character, I knew there was a part of him that was that. I don't know if you could qualify this, but when you're trying to get a character over, what do you think is the most important thing? In-ring ability, um, the character itself, or their ability to cut a promo? Because I always connected more with people. Like, you get in the ring and you slump in the corner and get on the mic, and I connect with that kind of melancholy attitude. And But I don't know right. if that's what everyone's connecting with. That's what the casual fan is. Everybody connects to it, but the difference between connecting with a greater audience and... And just a and just a smart mark audience is athletics is the athletics versus the personality because it's not a it's not a character. If you're gonna be a character, you could be Duke the Dumpster Drozzy for God's sakes. Right. It's about being a personality. You know, it's about being a real individual with unique desires, fears, wants. It's like when I used to wrestle with Shane Douglas, he'd go, "No, nah, the franchise wouldn't do that," and people used to hate that. I loved it. Because he knew what his character would do and wouldn't do. So it was easy for me to work around it. If you don't know your character or your personality, then it's much harder to create. And wrestling is an inter-emotional sport. The reason the indies have gotten so big now but, or, but aren't getting any bigger is because of the athleticism's off the charts, or so they say. I, I don't right. know. I only just do when I do indie shows, but, you know. And usually then I'm in the back sleeping. But but uh but the indie but so the indie the quality of the matches, but it's only gonna grow so big an audience because you have to touch people emotionally. And to do that, you have to give some of your personality away. You don't have to give much, but you have to give some. And that's the thing is Mike Myers is just giving away he's not giving away enough of what he needs in his position. He's supposed to be funny and charming and, and um, carry the thing because if you watch it, if you watch game shows or talk shows, you're really watching for the host, not mm -hmm. for the guests. As much right. as that sounds counterintuitive, yeah. because it's the host who you see every night. He needs to be a bigger, stronger presence. Of course, I only seen one episode, but he didn't make a he didn't make a splash on his first one, in my opinion. Whereas whereas Raven made a splash right off the get go. Um, yeah, but it's also hey, look, it's not easy. I mean, my first podcast episodes were nowhere near what they are now. The first three. I had a different co-host, and not for, not his fault, but it was because it's my show, my fault. But the show the shows weren't anywhere near as interesting or as um, ridiculous or silly or fun. I mean, they weren't bad, but they weren't anywhere near the level they are now. So sometimes it's hard to walk out and make a splash. Yeah, but I agree. I knew was, but I knew with Raven that it would catch on, and so they have to finally answer your question. I knew it would catch on with people because I knew it was going to touch the people. Let's just go with this, okay? What about me? What about Raven? That's a whiner attitude. People hate whiner, you know, because I knew that if I wasn't going to be a chicken shit, I, as a tough guy, if you're just a tough guy, people cheer you. That's why the Road Warriors always ended up as baby faces because they just kicked ass. Right. I knew that I didn't. I knew that I had to overcome being Johnny Polo, who was ridiculous. So I had to go extremely tough, or he wouldn't back down. Raven wouldn't back down. Which, if a character doesn't back down, 
should be a baby face. That's why Austin turned baby face because, you know, he was the right. toughest guy on the block and he wouldn't take shit. But so I had to make sure I showed, it's called showing your ass. I made sure, I had to make sure I showed my ass to the audience that I really was a cowardly deep inside, no matter how tough I appeared. And that's by whining. How, what about me? What about Raven? That's by, what, that's by saying stuff like how, you know, I never got the proper love as a child and whatnot. So even though you want to like the, the character, you can't unless you unless you're that ten percent that gets all that, and then they just and then the whining stuff they get that and they think it's it's interesting as opposed to um, so there's always a five ten percent that liked me, but for the most part it was always ninety percent hated me, and I made sure of that because you have to be you have to have baby faces and heels, which leads me off to a whole other subject that I don't have time for because. I'm already way past 30 minutes, which is fine. <laughs> um, I told you if it was interesting and I was having fun, I'd stay longer, so I am. But that's a whole long conversation. But you can also hear in my podcast, the Raven Effect Podcast on the Jericho Network on Podcast One. Um, and uh, I do have a co-host, and he does actually get to talk. Uh, I don't filibuster <laughs> the entire podcast. Now I think uh, you guys got a good rhythm. And like I said in the um, earlier in the episode, I was like, man, dude, Raven is on point on air and I always I always found it engaging when I heard you on Jericho the first time and I heard another episode you did with them and I and I'm glad that you have a podcast and I definitely think everybody should go check it out cuz there's a billion fucking podcasts out there right any any subject you could think of there's a podcast but I think yours kind of stand out because you do news you do commentary you talk about you know your past wrestling career and you just mix it up with silly stuff and I think that's why people should be checking it out I listen to maybe 10 podcasts a week, maybe. And yours is always right there. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. So, Chris. Can, yeah, I, can I break a rule, Nick? Can, can yeah. I break a rule? Am I allowed to break a rule? You're a rule breaker. Go ahead. Oh, that is true. I'm a, I'm a dirty rule breaker. All right, Raven. So, I want to ask you about Donald Trump if I can. Is that cool? <laughs> All right. All right. But then after we finish this up, I got to run. All right. Absolutely. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, Trump is, people have been talking about this in the news media in sort of a, what I consider a non-constructive way, but I have noticed that Trump uses a lot of wrestling conventions in the way that he has sort of built up momentum for himself and built up a popularity base. As someone from the industry, when you're looking at this guy, what are you seeing? I see a guy who is so insecure that even being president doesn't make him secure, which is pathetic. Um, and it's scary. And now with the North Korean stuff, it's even scarier. Uh, Amen to no that. Matter you, no matter what you thought about Obama, um, he was level-headed. Trump is anything but. He's vindictive. He holds grudges. Um, and for every indication, he's absolutely as insecure as he comes across. I mean, otherwise he wouldn't, you know, a lot of what he does is persuasion technique. It doesn't hide the fact that he's so egotistical because he's insecure. I mean, that's the only reason anybody's egotistical is because they're insecure. And it's a really scary thing. And, uh, and I'm not, but then again, Mike Pence, like if he got, if he got impeached, Mike Pence is so right wing, it's scary. So, you know, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. And I think Pence could get more done because he's not so erratic that he could kind of just quietly get a bunch of shit done where Trump is so bombastic. There's laser focus yeah, but, on him in the media every day. But, but the problem is, is that the problem is, is that Pence is so right wing, and with the Republican Congress, they would do everything he wants, and it'd be a scary country. Um, yes. The thing with Trump is, is, 
a lot of what he does is for to just to distract and deflect. You know, like if he's busy, if he if he's trying to get something done, you know, then he'll he'll make fun of somebody or else or something like that to draw the attention away, so the attention stays on what he said as opposed to what he's doing. Unfortunately, he really is as insecure as he comes across, and that's just, I mean, my God, the guy is a billionaire, or so he says, and he's the president, the most powerful man in the world, and he's still insecure. You, know? you make a great point. Novin Brino, um, let's hit this one last scene, and I'll let you go, Raven. This video that came out last week where they superimposed CNN's logo on top of Vince McMahon's face, and Trump was beating up, kind of saying, I'm going to beat up the media. All these people are like, I'm glad he's hitting back. I'm glad he's getting down in the mud. This is so bizarre to me that the Office of the Presidency has been degraded to the point where these theatrics are actually applauded by the other side. We, we've both well, been doing political analysis for a long time. Have you ever seen anything like this? This is what it is. The Republicans sold their souls for a win. They'd rather have the win. They'd rather win than then you stand up for their principles. You know, which you know congressmen are kind of wormy anyway, but they really sold out when they backed Trump this much, you know, and don't call him out on stuff. And it's really sad, you know? I mean, that's why, I mean, oh, another show I always watch is Bill Maher's show. Right. And, uh, that's a great show. Yeah, it and, is. I mean, it, it's, it gets pointed out constantly that, you know, the Republicans are just selling their souls, you know? Because just so much of what Trump does I mean, it's like like Ted Cruz. The guy says the guy made fun of his wife and said his dad killed Kennedy, and then and then Trump and then Cruz showed a bit of backbone at the uh, at the convention when he said I'm not voting for Trump, but now yeah. he fell in line with everything Trump wants. Hey, it means he sold his soul. You know, it's not being put. And of course, they they I'm sure they um what's the word I'm looking for. They they convince themselves they're just being political, but they're selling their souls. I mean, there's a difference between being political and not having principles. And I could talk an hour about that, but I know you got to get out of here, Raven. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, where you are online with your podcast, The Raven Effect, and how everyone can listen. You can find me at the at uh what's your what's your call Twitter at the Ra Twitter's at the Raven Effect, Facebook at the Raven Effect, uh. My website, uh, what is my website? Um, something at theravenefect.com. Um, but you can find my podcast on the uh, on Podcast One, or it's theravenefect.com, or just the Raven Effect. Raven Effect, the name of the podcast, and the pod and the uh, the website's theravenefect.com. Man, I'm totally uh, this cardio is killing me. I, oh. I'm finishing my cardio now as we're finishing the conversation. But anyway, um, thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for having me on, and thank you for letting me uh, kind of push my agenda, and uh, I had a great time. Right on, and I'm going to text you. I'm serious about doing this marriage chain of these in. This is this is the exact type of wedding I would want to do. All right, cool, man. Zany and off, like, just totally crazy. As I like to say at the end of my podcast now, uh, peace, love, and exploding cigars. Post the raven, nevermore. That's a perfect place to end. All right, guys, let's get out of here. I want to get some lunch. Thanks again, Raven. You're awesome. Thank you, man. Had a great time. All right, Dee. Yeah, I will. I'm going to text you today. Novin Brino, thank you so much for helping me out. Like I said, you know the ins and outs of wrestling. I'm what Raven would call a casual watcher when I did watch. But you really, really, I've listened to Voices of Wrestling. You, got, you really break stuff down to a level that I know nothing about.
So I, I kind of want to send Raven my uh, N64 WCW versus NWO Revenge uh, cartridge <laughs> because we've won many a match together on uh, the N64 Aww. back in the day. I used to play as you all the time. Like, you were like one of my oh, favorite cool. wrestlers on the, on the cartridge back in the day. All right, well, take care, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Right on. Thank you, Raven. All right, D, let's get out of here. Like I said, I want to get some lunch and see if we can get into the pool today. Mm-hmm. Beautiful.